Okay, well, my name is Donovan Smith. I'm the worship pastor here at Center Point Church. You guys are so kind. Thank you. God bless all of you. <laughs> I'm here to bring the word of God today. We are kicking off a new series today called Headlines. And yes, when I say headlines, I'm talking about that on that phrase in all caps or in a big font that uh, before you read an article, let you know what this is what you're about to get yourself into. Right. And so with an article, sometimes uh, headlines can be very beneficial and intriguing and informative. And then some headlines are just terrible, okay? So I looked up some pretty terrible headlines just for fun. And it's really funny. I think these are real. I'm not sure. Go ahead. Yeah, you can roll that. It says, rooms with broken air conditions are hot. <laughs> That's kind of how that works. Okay, next. China may be using sea to hide its submarines. <laughs> submarines go in the water, right? If they start flying, that's something different. Okay, next. Breathing oxygen is linked to staying alive. So, so, I know. It's cheesy. You can laugh, Okay. Okay, and again, I'm not sure if these are real or not, but I found these and I just thought it was fun. So there are some headlines that are just absolutely terrible. Uh, and then uh, also, too, this is just kind of something separate. So uh, uh, headlines that I have been struggling with for the past eight months specifically is ones that I get from Apple News. And so I'm subscribed to Apple News, so everything, first thing in the morning when I get uh, uh, emails from Apple News, and it's like headlines. And I have never been so depressed by headlines before in my life, specifically with these past eight months, okay? In our, in our world right now, there's a lot going on. So when I wake up in the morning, my cell phone goes off, ding, and here's some of the, the headlines I've been getting from Apple News. Uh, one of them is, COVID-19 hospitalizations reach an all-time high in the U.S., it's like, ah, right? Doesn't it just kind of make your spirit a little heavy when you read stuff like that? Or a uh, deadly California wildfire reaches record size. It's like, man, on top of COVID, now there's fires. Man, it just gets really heavy. Um, uproar and violence spreads across the United States due to unresolved racial tension. So we have seen these kind of headlines for the past eight months, right? I'm not the only one, right? I'm not tripping out being the only person reading these, right? <laughs> this is what's happening in America right now, Okay. And so because we, we've been exposed to these very negative headlines for the past eight months specifically, what we're hoping to do in this series called Headlines is kind of shift our perspective a little bit, do a little bit of a recalibration, okay? So what I did is I went and uh, I just kind of asked a couple of questions on what uh, some amazing things that God is doing here at Centerpoint specifically in these past eight months. And here's where I found, and I actually went on to makeyourownheadline.com and I made these cool headlines. Check this out. I know. Ah, oh, super cool, right? Check this out. Students set free of anxiety. A group of junior high and high school students set free of depression, sleeplessness, and anxiety at a Center Point Youth Service. Come on. Yeah. Come on. We can celebrate that. Thank you, Jesus. How about this next one? Okay. Revival continues to break out at Center Point Church. 192 people come to know Jesus at Center Point Church during the pandemic. That's another thing to celebrate. Yes. Number three. Kindness, not fire. Come on, somebody. Kindness spreads across Marietta Valley and beyond. Centerpoint Church gives away over 3,000 food boxes to families in need. Let's celebrate that. Come on. Aren't those cool? Isn't that kind of awesome? Yeah, I was geeking out when I was making them. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> and last but not least, check out this headline. You guys ready for this one? The power of God's grace can save anybody. How about that for the best headline of all time? The power of God's grace is enough to save anybody. Do you guys see how just now the atmosphere kind of shifted a little bit? Did you feel that? I was talking about the pandemic and oh, talking about, you know, uh, the racial tension and the public unrest. Like, oh. But then when we started talking about the amazing things that God was doing, the room and the atmosphere shifted. Did you feel that? 
I know I felt it. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm the only one. I definitely felt it. Why is that? Because even though the circumstances or the headlines may not be in our favor, God can still be given the glory. I mean, what I announce to you right now are things that have happened in the past eight months. Guess what? During these past eight months, when all these amazing things, students set free of anxiety, revival continues to break out, 192 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. During this time, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Bad things are still happening. But yet, <laughs> some amazing things are still happening too. It's about the shifting of perspective, okay? Now check this out. God's goodness cannot be determined by our circumstances, but rather we deal with our circumstances through the lens of God's already proclaimed goodness. As I said earlier, God's goodness can't change. It's a part of who he is. He's not good one moment and bad the next. It doesn't work that way. Like I said earlier, the Bible says in Malachi, I'm the Lord your God and I never change. His goodness never wavers in its integrity. It's always steadfast. It's always a promise to us. God promises to be good, even when we can't. God promises to be strong, even when we cannot. I mean, that's good news to me. You guys are kind of quiet out there. That's some good news, church. Come on. God's goodness never wavers in its integrity. And I love this. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. You guys know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You guys know that story, right? So pretty much King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar can't say that fast. <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar builds this gigantic statue and says, everybody must bow to this statue. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, no, nah, man, no thank you. Okay, we serve God. We're not bound to this. So anyways, King Nebuchadnezzar says, well, then you're going to be executed. So they throw him into the fire. You guys know how the story goes. There's, uh, he throws three of them into the fire. There's a fourth man in there. It's an angel. They come out unscathed, and it's amazing, and everybody's amazed. But what I want to draw attention to is before they're thrown in the fire, there's this exchange that happens that I think should be one of the disciplines of us as Christians, okay? I love it, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this a little bit. But this is what they said before they're thrown into the fire. Check this out. They say, we believe that God can save us from the fire, but if he doesn't, he's still good anyways. We believe that God can do an amazing thing and turn this thing around. I know sometimes we're used to the messages of God's going to turn it around or your blessing's right around the corner. And those are good messages. I mean, I pray for the blessing of God over everybody. I pray for his grace and his love to surround me with favor like a shield. I pray that life, you know, wouldn't be so hard sometimes because I like convenience. I like when things aren't too difficult. But even if things are difficult, God is still good. That's what they said with the fire. Okay, in newsflash, life is going to be difficult, okay? We're going to go through difficult times. God did not prevent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from going into the fire, but rather he was in the fire with them. He promises to be with us in the fire. Not every message is going to be, oh, God's going to turn it around. We believe that he can, but when he doesn't, he's still good. Can we see that, church? Can we mature in our faith to get to the point where we believe that no matter what is happening in this world, no matter what is happening in our nation, no matter what's happening in our life, well, things aren't going my way. I'm not getting my way. I'm upset right now. Can we believe that the goodness of God is still revealed in our lives? Can we see that, church? So the reason why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to still proclaim the goodness of God and still not bow to that circumstance is because the grace of God was enough for them. We need to be able to get ourselves mature in our faith to the point where we believe that the grace of God is enough. Amen? The grace of God is enough. 
Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. We're going to dive in. Nobody's moving. Where's your Bibles? <laughs> go ahead and flip to your Bibles, turn to your Bibles, whatever you want to do. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. We'll give you some time. Dear Jesus, we just love you. We love, we're loving on you right now in this moment. We acknowledge you as king. We acknowledge you as the solution to all of our questions and problems that we have. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, the salvation that we receive as a gift to us. Thank you for this moment. This is a holy moment. Nobody is here by accident tonight. Come on. Nobody is here by accident, but you have decided in advance your thought for every single person here tonight. And so, God, may we come into a deeper revelation of your love, a deeper revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Luke 19, verses 1, okay? All right. So, before we dive into this story, real quick. Sorry. It's cold. I'm not, I'm not sick, I promise. <laughs> you never know. Okay, anyways. So before we dive into the story, okay, so now Jesus got a lot of the great headlines, right? That's the name of our series. He got some pretty cool headlines, right? Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus feeds the 4,000. I don't know if you knew this, but he fed the multitudes twice. Did you know that? Okay, maybe you did. Cool. Uh, Jesus heals a woman of a bleeding disease for 12 years. Yeah, headline. Jesus causes, a, a Jesus speaks to a storm and the storm shuts up, right? Right? Jesus causes the, the lame to walk again and gives sight to the blind. There's so many amazing headlines that Jesus received when he was in flesh, in person, on earth. But Jesus also did not get the most glamorous of headlines either. Okay? The Pharisees tried to do everything they possibly could to discredit Jesus in front of the people. So Jesus probably, now I don't know if you guys are ready for this, Jesus probably got some headlines like this. You guys ready? A man named Jesus ignores the Pharisees' religious regulations and lays hands on the sick. A man named Jesus stirs up tension and openly publicly criticizes the religious officials. A man named Jesus causes a disturbance in a crowd by choosing to be the guest of a sinner instead of the righteous. This is where our story begins, okay? So, <laughs> so check this out. <laughs> Fake news. I don't know what you meant by that, but yeah. Um, so let me, so check this out real quick, okay? So when I say the righteous, I'm not talking about those who have a desire to live right before God. I'm not talking about that. I love Pastor John's message last week, and he was talking about how grace is not the permission to do whatever you want, but grace is the transforming power that we receive through his, through the salvation and the gift of the cross to be able to say no to temptation, okay? The Bible says in Ephesians, it says, instead of being in sin, instead be filled with the Spirit. So we should have a desire to live a righteous life. But when the Bible takes the word righteous and Pharisee and puts them together, whenever you see that in the Bible, it's more in a mocking kind of way. And here's why. The, religious, the, uh, the Pharisees looked righteous. They appeared to be holy. They did these long, elaborate prayers. They had these nice clothes. But on the inside, they were manipulative. They were evil. They were corrupt people. And nobody knew that. Nobody could see it, but Jesus saw it. Okay? So that's a little bit of a, some pretext. Let's dive in. With that said, let's dive into this story. Okay. Luke chapter 19, verses 1. Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Man, why are you laughing? That's messed up. <laughs> so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So let's talk about Zacchaeus for a second, okay? So Zacchaeus is this short, very, very unpopular, very wealthy 
IRS tax agent. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so that's just kind of what he was. And the people did not like Zacchaeus, okay? Mainly because they were highly taxed, and Zacchaeus profited from doing that. And Zacchaeus was also very well protected by the Roman government. So he kind of had it made, right? Very wealthy, had things going his way. You know what's amazing about this story we're about to get into? This is not the story of a man who's broken and poor and reaching up for hope. Hope looks a little bit different in this story, doesn't it? We're talking about a man who has it all together that still feels a void in his heart when he, when he, when he hears that Jesus is coming his way. He makes a decision. Nothing is going to stop me from seeing who this Jesus is. Okay? When Jesus reached the spot, he said to him, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I'm sure Jesus talked just like that. So he came down at once and welcomed, welcomed him gladly. So this story goes from about zero to 100, like really, really fast for Zacchaeus, okay? So Zacchaeus hears that this man named Jesus who performs all these amazing miracles is coming into town, and he's like, okay, I got to see this Jesus. So he climbs up in this tree because he can't get through the crowd. Jesus is walking, and he stops. There's people everywhere probably touching Jesus, wanting Jesus' attention, and he looks up and sees Zacchaeus in the tree, and he's like, you there? Well, actually, no, he calls him by name. Zacchaeus! I, I got to come spend time with you today. Zacchaeus is like, shoot, yeah, climbs down the tree. He's like, yeah, cool. Bible says he welcomes him gladly. Zacchaeus was excited to see Jesus. Guess who was not excited with that interaction? The crowd, the people. <laughs> they were not happy about this, okay? And here's why. The people did not like Zacchaeus at all. Again, I remember I told you that they were highly taxed, and Zacchaeus was benefiting off that, okay? I mean, come on, guys. You, you don't mess with people's money and live in the same town as them and expect that people ain't going to know who you are. They knew who Zacchaeus was. They did not like him for that. So much that the Bible says that they begin to bicker and complain about him. Jesus is going to go hang out with who? Him? Jesus is going to go hang out with that sinner? It's funny how sometimes we think we know what Jesus should or shouldn't do. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it got quiet up in here. <laughs> Man, Jesus is going to go hang out with this person. So now just for a second, okay, imagine someone that you don't hate because we can't hate. We are Christians. We're called to love. Amen. But just imagine somebody, whether it could be um, some, someone that you know personally or somebody politically. We won't go anywhere with that. But just imagine somebody that you're just like, oh, I just can't stand this person. Oh, it just gets under my skin. Man, when I see them, I just want to bless them, right? Yeah. Let's go with bless. Imagine someone that you just have a dislike for, and then imagine Jesus coming and saying, hey, you, hey, let's go hang out together. I want to come over to your house and spend time with you. I feel like a lot of us would probably be like, oh, really, Jesus? Oh, that person? Really? Gosh. Some of you would be like, no, 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 go over to his house. They need you more than I do. I hope they get saved while they're at it, right? <laughs> Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, look, here and now. I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What we're witnessing right now, you guys, is a trajectory shift in the life of Zacchaeus. Okay, corrupt, wealthy, has all this stuff going on, and then all of a sudden this interaction that he has with Jesus, it changes the trajectory of his life. Now he's wanting to, uh, to re repent and give back to the people he stole from. How many of you guys have ever had something happen in your life that you knew my life has changed forever? Anybody? 
any bike life change. It could be a new job. Um, it could be relocating. Um, it could be uh, getting married. I remember when I first got married, uh, you know, after I proposed to my wife, she said yes. And I was stood before her and before the Lord and with her at the altar. I remember saying, I do. I knew in that moment my life is going to be different. I'm no longer a single man making decisions for myself. Like I am now standing before God and my wife promising to make decisions as a couple. Uh, or having, how about having a, a kid, a child? Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big life-changing decision, right? I remember holding my son, Caleb, my firstborn, for the first time in 2014. I held him in my arms, my firstborn son, and I remember looking at him and saying, I'm never going to get sleep again. <laughs> but I knew my life was going to change in that moment. Anybody else experience that? Life-changing moments. So what's happening for Zacchaeus right now is a life-changing moment. With just one look from Jesus, it changes his life. With just one look. I don't know if you guys know that song from Maverick City. It's beautiful. It's actually called So Beautiful. <laughs> but it says, with just one look, everything changes. I'm captivated. Nothing can be the same with just one look. Just one look is all it took for Zacchaeus to change the trajectory of his life. It's a beautiful moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Listen, church, before Zacchaeus even got a word out, before he could say anything, because I'm sure Zacchaeus knew he was corrupt. He knew he was taking advantage of people. But before he can get a word out, what did Jesus say to him? Did he say, did, he say, did Jesus say, I rebuke you for, for being evil and wicked and corrupt? Did Jesus say that? I don't read that. Do you guys read that? I don't read that. I don't see Jesus saying, you uh, cursed are you or whatever. You should, have, you should fix this right now. You're in sin. What did Jesus say to Zacchaeus? What was the first thing he said? First of all, he called him by his name. <laughs> and then what did he say? I want to spend time with you. That's all that Jesus said to him. And here comes Zacchaeus, and he's like, okay, well, uh, Lord, I'm going to give back. I'm going to fix what I did, and I'm going I'm to uh, reconcile everything. And Jesus is like, okay, cool, yeah. I want to spend some time with you. And I feel like a lot of us today, watching online, I feel like sometimes we come to the, the beginning of God's grace in our lives, and we, we have this list of things that we feel disqualify us to receive the grace of God. And I want to tell you today that that is a lie from hell. You are not outside of the reach of the grace of God. It is for you. It is a gift for you. Okay? Some of you are like, maybe some of us in this room right now are just kind of like, well, maybe it's too good to be true. You mean to tell me, Donovan, that right now that Jesus and the grace of God can save my marriage? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. You mean to tell me that all the years of hurt and pain that I've been through and all the stuff I've done in my past, that God can forgive me and all can be restored? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. You mean to tell me that the addiction that I had for, for 12 years, I don't know why I said 12, maybe that's prophetic for somebody here today. You mean to tell me that the addiction that I had for 12 years to, to this or to that can just be completely broken by the grace and the power of God? That's exactly what I'm saying. But here's the thing, church. Last week, John said, we say yes to grace. And after we have said yes to grace, now it's time to let it be enough. Let God's grace be enough for you. No list, no hurdles to jump through, no, loops, no hoops to jump through. Let 
God's grace be enough for you today. Let it be enough. Let's say that together. Say, I will let God's grace be enough. Come on. I will let God's grace be enough. One more time. We ain't done yet. Come on. I will let God's grace be enough. Come on, somebody. <laughs> for some of you today, maybe letting God's grace be enough for you is maybe you coming and receiving the salvation that comes with his grace. And I want to tell you this, okay? Only Jesus can bring salvation. And I shared this earlier, okay? That's the beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus, okay? It's more unique than any relationship you will have with any other person on this planet, okay? Here's this. I can't bring you salvation. I can lead you in a prayer to salvation. I can't bring salvation to you. Only Jesus can do that. I didn't die for you. None of us died for anyone in this room, obviously, because we're still alive. <laughs> Jesus is the one who, can, who has the authority to bring salvation to any household and to any person. Okay, check this out in verse 9. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Do you see how the headline changes? The headline changes from Jesus has dinner with a sinner to Jesus restores the identity of a man and brings salvation to his entire household. Do you see how the headline flips there? Only Jesus can do something like that. I think an even better headline for the story of Zacchaeus and maybe the story for all of us here today is the power of God's grace can save anyone. Okay? The power of God's grace can save anyone anyone. I want to ask you this also, okay? What headline will you allow to be spoken over yourself? I'm not talking about ABC News, CNN, none of that stuff. I'm talking about the headline over your life, okay? The headlines that we choose for our lives will dictate how we live our life, okay? So I remember just a quick story, okay? Um, so I've, I've played basketball um, my pretty much my entire life, you know, uh, I did some competitive stuff in junior high and in high school. But I remember in, in junior high, I started playing basketball, and I always wanted to play with the best people out there. And again, we're 13, so I mean, how good can we be? But you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but I always wanted to play with the best players because I was like, I want to get better, okay? And I remember 13-year-old me, little scrawny, skinny Donovan, I walked onto the basketball court and I would play with these, these very challenging players. And they, I remember one of them, I'll never forget this, I still hear it in my head. They said, Donovan, why are you even here? Why even bother trying? You're never gonna be good enough to play with us. I remember hearing that. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because that became a headline for my life. And it, it had more to do with than just basketball because I began to ask that question to myself in almost anything that I did. Okay, you know, uh, trying to, you know, uh, I remember it being in uh, ministry and my pastor like, hey, Donovan, why don't you give a message? And I'm like, why even bother? I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to be good enough. It became a headline over my life. But the thing is, I pushed through that headline. I pushed and I pushed through that headline, uh, doing my best to kind of just shrug it off and ignore it. And then, I mean, pretty soon, I'm not trying to gloat or anything like that, but pretty soon, what's amazing how God redeemed the story, I worked extremely hard. I made varsity in high school, and all the people who made fun of me were cut from the team. So I know I'm like, ah, in your face. That's the moral of the story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but is, isn't, that, isn't that amazing, though, how just something is spoken over us, and we just kind of carry it? 
we let, we let it just kind of sit and float over us. And let me tell you something. Satan loves to throw around some headlines, man. Oh, my goodness. I'll never be good enough. My marriage is over anyways. 2020 is the worst year ever. I mean, it kind of sucks, but still. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But think about it for a second. Now, church, now, on a serious note, what if we began to unsubscribe from the garbage headlines that Satan tries to throw at us, and we begin to subscribe ourselves to the headlines that Jesus has already proclaimed over us? What would that do to the atmosphere of our lives? What would that change in our lives? What if we began to just kind of change things up in our lives and said this, God saves marriage after years of struggle. Come on. God heals the hurt and the pain I have suffered from for years. God breaks the addiction after years of struggling. Or, and what if we as a church came together and we believe for this, Pastor John recovers successfully from his surgery. Come on. Let's change the atmosphere, church. Let's change the atmosphere, okay? This is what Jesus did when he rose, and he, he rose from the grave, okay? He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the grave. He said, I leave with you my Holy Spirit to guide you in wisdom and understanding so that we can be a church that begin to change and shift the atmospheres around us and for the people next to us. This is what we're called to do. The things may be difficult in our lives. Circumstances may not be in our favor, but we still, by the power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, can change and shift the atmosphere around us by focusing on the headlines of God. Isn't that amazing? Ben, you guys can come up right now. But I just, I really feel that's on my heart right now to share with you guys. Change the atmosphere. Take authority. Things are not going in, a, in, in, you know, the way that you thought that they would. Take, a, take authority. Take a, the authority that Jesus gives us. Take authority over your household. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Yeah, let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. And again, I just, I love leaving some time for some ministry time. I know some of you are like, oh, he's ending early. No, nope, this is still part of the message. <laughs> Praise you, Father. I want to do a couple prayers here. First, I want to talk to the Christians. Those of you who are like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. And those of you who struggle, uh, I, I want to read this. This is from an article that I read, and it's very powerful. Those of us who struggle with this. I know that I do, but check this out. When it comes to dealing with the Zacchaeuses in our lives, sometimes in our pride, we can unintentionally position ourselves like the crowd, bickering and murmuring about what Jesus should or shouldn't do, being judgmental about the mistakes of one's past. Oftentimes we take the position of the crowd when instead we should be more like the tree positioned to lift people up to get a better view of Jesus. Hmm. I'm guilty of that. We can keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm guilty of that. There's no condemnation to anybody in the room today, but I, I think it would be appropriate for us to come into a repentance tonight. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation, but just a, a heart posture check right now for those of us in the room today that we call ourselves believers 
but in a way we have, in a way, kind of kept people from fully stepping, stepping into serving opportunities or seeing Jesus from a clear point of view or advantage. And I do think that we need to repent for that. So you don't have to repeat after me, but I'm going to join in this prayer. But maybe you can say this in your heart and you say, Lord Jesus, I just, I repent for positioning myself like the, the crowd who obstructed Zacchaeus' view of you, Jesus, when instead I should have been like the tree, positioned in a way to elevate people to see you more clearly. That's what we're called to do, regardless of our background, regardless of our political stances, regardless of what we believe and how we were raised. Lord, we are called to lift each other up. And so, Lord, in this moment, and me included, God, I repent for any time in my heart I didn't have the correct posture towards your people. I ask you for your forgiveness, Father, and we ask for your forgiveness, Father. Would you give us your heart for your people, Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord. I would also like to do um, a prayer for those of you today who you're here for the first time or you've been coming for a while. And you, uh, you're like, you know what? I feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit upon my heart. I want to I wanna give my life to the Lord today. I want to let you know, just like Jesus brought salvation to Zacchaeus and his entire household, he can do the same for you. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 31, it says this, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your entire household. And I believe that Jesus wants to bring salvation right now in this moment. I believe that Jesus wants to bring healing right now in this moment. And I think the powerful thing about Jesus is not only will he bring salvation to you, but some of you have been worried about your children. Some of you have been worried about the faith of your children. And Jesus wants to restore households tonight. He wants to bring salvation to entire families. That's incredible, church. That's a beautiful thing. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can wipe away the past. Only Jesus can wipe away the tears that we've been crying at night. Only Jesus can bring restoration to parts in our heart that feel like where there's holes in them. Only Jesus can do it, and he wants to do it for you and your family. So right now in this moment, I, want, I'm just gonna, I am going to ask just a little bit of a response right now. You don't have to stand up or shout out a prayer, but if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ right now, I just want you to raise your hand. I'll take, we'll take our time. This is probably the most important part of this service is where people come into a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. We are in no hurry. If you want to give your life to Jesus right now. Also, if you are concerned for the salvation and faith of your kids or your family, can you raise your hand as well? Thank you. Wow. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, we in this moment, God, we just lift up ourselves to you right now. We understand that the gift of grace is something that cannot be earned. We understand the power of your grace, the power of your love, and the power of your mercy. Your word says in Ephesians that you decided in advance your disposition and your posture towards your children, that you are here to love us, that you're here to redeem us, that you're here to save us. God, so right now in this moment, we call home the prodigal sons and daughters. We pray for salvation in every household here tonight, Lord. We pray 
pray for those, even we can pray right now on behalf of those who have yet to receive you. God, we pray nobody can pull people closer to you better than you, Jesus. So we ask that right now you do that both for the people who are here now and the people who are not here, for the prayers that are, are said out loud and for the prayers that are said at night in despair with tears and pain. God, we just pray just for reconciliation to come into your house. We pray, God, for your peace to come into your house. We pray for the lost sons and daughters that they would find you. There are people here tonight who your sons and daughters, they once knew Jesus, but they have walked away from the faith. God, we are calling them home. We're calling them home right now because we're calling them home right now. We're calling them home, Lord. You are calling them to yourself just as you brought salvation, not just to Zacchaeus, but to his family. Let it be done, Holy Spirit. Let it be done right now in this moment. God, I pray right now for a supernatural encounter. God, we pray right now that wherever a son or a daughter is right now, somewhere else, that right now in this moment, they just get hit by your love. <laughs> yeah. It can happen. You can do it, Lord. You can do it, God. We just ask for that right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And the last thing I want to pray for tonight, and then we'll, we'll spend some time in worship. And you can keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. This is a safe place. But a lot of us have some headlines in our life that we need to come out of agreement with. It has been either spoken over you by yourself or someone who's close to you a father, I don't know, a mother, a relative, I don't know what's going on here. The Holy Spirit is just wanting to do some rearranging right now. It's, be it's beautiful. Wow. Yes. But there's, some, there's been some headlines spoken over yourself that you need to come out of agreement with. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants it to happen tonight. To not let another day go by where you speak, you wake up in the morning, you say, well, life is not going to get any better than this. That is a lie from hell. Those of you who wake up in the morning, you're just kind of like, well, well, you know, I guess this is just who I am. There's some headlines that we have read into that we need to come out of agreement with. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but in band, you guys can keep going. But what I want to do right now is I want to pray that these chains would break right now in the name of Jesus. So God, right now, your, your word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, that there's freedom that where your spirit is, there is joy. You are a joyful God. Zephaniah says that you rejoice over us with dancing and gladness and singing. You are not some stoic God who sits up in heaven all super serious like. You are a God who is fun, energetic, and passionate for your children. And some of us have walked in here tonight holding on to things that we don't need to hold on to. I had this vision for a, a youth service that I was preaching at, but a lot of us, okay, I have this image of us being inside of like this dungeon. Okay, and we've been in there for a very long time, but the door is open. But what happens is we get so complacent, we get so comfortable in what is, that we kind of has to have this hesitation to step into this invitation to freedom. We're sitting in this dungeon and we think we're bound, but the chains have already been broken off of us. 
And so right now, God, we pray for your freedom to enter into this place right now. We pray online as you're watching too. If you're watching right now and you can relate to that and you're saying, hey, you know what? I've been uh, agreeing with things spoken over my life that I need to come out of agreement with. I'm praying for you right now in the name of Jesus for these chains to be broken off of you. They're chains that don't need to be on you. You're in a, uh, you're, you're, it seems like you're locked up in this place where the door has been just pushed wide open and you don't need to be there anymore. God wants us to step into freedom right now. So God, we just ask for that right now in the name of Jesus. We ask for your peace to surround us. We ask for your love to surround us right now in the name of Jesus. You're so good. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody. Just I want you to know right now that all it takes is one look from Jesus. All it takes is one touch from Jesus. You don't have to walk out of here the same way you did when you came in. I mean, if you walked in here full of the joy of God, I pray for more in the name of Jesus. But if you walked in here right now with the spirit of heaviness, I want you to know that God says that he will exchange the spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise with just one look from Jesus. With just one. Can we sing that together? Everything changed. I'm captivated. I'm captivated. I will never be the same. With just one look from Jesus. With his presence. Everything I'm captivated. I'm captivated. I will never be the same. With just one look. Come on, let that be your heart cry tonight. Everything changes. Let that be your heart cry today. Come on. I will never be the same. I'll never be the same. Come on. With just one look. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Come on, one more time. One more time. With just one, everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the access to your grace, Lord, that you just so freely give. And so right now we stand in this place as your sons and daughters, fully receiving your grace, your mercy, your love. Not one of us here today, watching online or here right now in person, is outside of the reach of your grace. And I pray that every person here knows that before they leave today, that you love them. You love them, you love them, you love them. You've never stopped loving them. You'll, you'll never stop loving them. Your love for them is forever. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name.